Running with Jake, the quick hit. Hey, this is Jake from Running with Jake, the podcast. Full-length episodes come out every Wednesday, but this is the quick hit. It's a short podcast which is audio taken from one of my Facebook live sessions. Hopefully you'll take some great value from it. Let's crack on. Take a listen. Now, a common goal among runners is to use running as a vehicle to lose weight. And it can be fantastic for this, but I do think that there are several things to consider in order to get that balance right and to use running to to help you to drop those pounds and get yourself feeling better. So I want to share with you uh, several, in fact, eight top tips to help you uh, lose weight, use running to do so. and, and, And as I mentioned, get yourself feeling better. So number one, energy is king. Now, what do I mean by energy? Well, it's simply the balance between what you consume and what you burn, what you what you spend, the calories you burn through your daily activity or through running, through life. So when you consume food, obviously those calories are converted into energy and used. But if you consume more than you are burning, guess what? You're going to put some weight on. Now, the only real way, I believe, to know exactly uh, where you are and get that balance right to make sure you're burning more than you are consuming is to actually monitor your calories. And I get that that's not the most exciting thing in the world to do. Some people want to calorie count. Some people prefer to think about portion sizes rather than the size of the food and the amount rather than the actual weight, as it were, and, and the actual number of calories. But I think monitoring is really helpful. It takes out the guesswork. Uh, and you've, you've also got to know how to monitor yourself. So how do you know if you've achieved your goal? Now, the obvious one is jumping on the scales because that will tell you. Uh, I would advise you weigh yourself at the same time of day, perhaps the same time each week or every couple of weeks. Uh, and even if the scales, you know, some people say, oh, these scales are not sure if they're totally accurate. But you know what? Even if there is a slight discrepancy, as long as that discrepancy is constant, i.e. You, you use the same set of scales every time you weigh yourself, then you are going to show changes in your weight. So it does make it accurate in that respect. And you know whether you're moving forward or moving backwards or just staying the same. If you don't want to weigh yourself, you might simply try on a pair of jeans that you know doesn't actually fit you as you would like. They're perhaps slightly too tight. And when you do try them on one day and they fit like a glove, then you know you've obviously lost the weight that you wanted to lose. So that could be um, a method that works for you. Uh, And the other way, of course, is just monitoring how you feel. It's a little bit subjective. It's not the most accurate way, but knowing how you feel can speak volumes. Uh, But one thing I would really strongly advise is is monitoring calorie consumption and just spending some time trying to get a system in place that enables you to do that, because I do think it is the best way. And that's what all diets are based off, is energy in and energy out. Number two, know your obstacle. Now, if you're watching this Facebook Live or if you're listening to this on the Quick Hit podcast, you want to lose weight and presumably you've had some difficulties uh, with losing weight. And you've got an obstacle or two, one or two obstacles, you know, something that's getting in your way, that's stopping you from losing the weight you want to lose. So by understanding what that obstacle is helps you to overcome it. Now, it's different for different people. So it could be time. You could be so busy that actually to prep your meals, think about what to cook, think about what to shop. Time could be a real factor for you, a real obstacle, in which case that's the one that you need to try and take a step back from, look at it objectively and and almost gain some time. Where can you find the time, create the time to be able to plan a, a, a few meals, to be able to monitor what you are eating? It could be knowledge. You might simply not know what a good food is versus a bad food. That might be the obstacle that you need to tackle. Well, at least if you know that, you can start to gain some knowledge uh, to understand what a healthy diet looks like. It might be availability. I mean, as we record this, we're in lockdown, a 
2020, the world is mad, but under normal circumstances, you might be somebody that spends a lot of time in the car on the road for work. And I know when I do commute um, back and forth from uh, to Derby, from, from where I am down in Bristol, that actually the availability of healthy food is not always the easiest. Jumping in a service station, while many of them try to offer some relatively healthy options they're not the best uh, or you might just have a, a day that's full of work meetings and actually the caterers bring in a bunch of sandwiches and and that's all you have laden with butter and mayonnaise and calories so availability could be an obstacle for you that you perhaps need to break down so know what that is number three is create a deficit I kind of touched on this is uh, with talking about energy very important you've got to burn more than you consume whether you take a fasting approach or you've tried this in the past or it's Weight Watchers or Slimming Will, they're all based around creating a deficit. And be brutally honest with yourself, you know, when people say, oh, that diet, it didn't work for me. I think what they're really saying is I didn't stick to it or I miscalculated. Maybe I, I intended on sticking to it, but actually I got the numbers wrong and I wasn't um, burning more than I was consuming. So creating a deficit is key. There is no magic food. A lot of people will say back when I was a personal trainer, oh, I don't eat, you know, what's your diet like, I'd ask. Uh, well, I don't eat chocolate or crisps. That doesn't mean that you will lose weight because you could take a healthy food. Most people would assume a banana is a healthy food. But if you consume more calories than you burn in bananas, which would be a strange concept I appreciate, then guess what? You're going to put weight on. Number four, don't trust the tech. I have a really nice running watch that I love. It gives me loads of information and data as no doubt uh, most people have, most runners have this kind of tech. I don't think the calories that it tells you that you burn during a run are entirely accurate. And the same goes for the gym equipment as well. Uh, if you're in the gym and you're on the treadmill or the cross trainer or the rower, it only has a rough idea of who you are in terms of age and sex. If actually you've, you've put those details in in the first place, but I don't think they're very accurate. In fact, I turn off the calorie screen on my watch when I go for a run. Well, I, I mean, it's just off as default because I think it can falsify the information, give you almost a, a false sense of security if you like so you think oh wow I burnt all these calories so therefore I burnt this burger or these chips or the these beers or whatever when perhaps you haven't number five understand that all runs are not created equal now running's a really funny thing because I've always said it's, it's an effort it's just an effort isn't it even if you go out and you have a bad run and you feel like you weren't really moving very quickly and you only did a short run it was like three miles and normally you do much further than that well it's still effort isn't it it's still locomotion you've got to move yourself forward uh, there's activity involved in that so you know I, I say about cycling you can work really hard on a bike but you can also stop pedaling and still move forward so you can have almost like a breather whereas if you stop running when you are out there running, you stop moving. You've got to keep working, but not all runs are created equal. So consider the intensity of the session you've done and be really honest with yourself. Now, it may be the case that you've gone out there and you've done a really slow run. Fine. But if you've done 50 miles and actually you've probably burnt a fair amount of calories or conversely, you might have been out there and only done like a 30, 40, 45 minute run or so. But actually, the intensity was really high and that's going to burn a lot more energy and a lot more calories. Now, there is something if we get a little bit technical called EPOC which is an acronym, acronym, if I can say that word, it's an acronym which stands for Excess Post-Exercise Oxygen Consumption. Oh my gosh, what? Well, basically, that means that after, it's a measurement of how many calories you burn energy after the exercise 
has has ended. So post-exercise, if you've done a really intense session, we mentioned like a, an interval session or something like that, uh, there's a lot of research to suggest the rate at which you burn calories at remains elevated for a significant period of time once the exercise has ended. So after that run, your 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 metabolism, if you like, the rate you burn energy in calories is, is, is elevated for a bit longer, uh, which is a good thing. So really considering the intensity of the sessions and be very honest with yourself, I think will help you map out your eating a bit more. Uh, number six, massively believe in this, do not eat in the moment. Look, it's hard. I mean, for a lot of people, food is our go-to, whether that's manifests itself in a beer or whether that's a slice of cake or whatever. You know, I love my food. Absolutely. There's no question of that. My girlfriend Martina loves her food. She's Italian. They all love her food. But consider your uh, day and really your week as a whole. So, for example, what do I mean by this? So we love our food, as I mentioned. If, if we have, let's say we go out for a pizza on a Saturday evening, we've done a long run on the Saturday, we're feeling great. Uh, we go out for a pizza on the Saturday evening. On the Sunday, we're really mindful of the fact that we had a pizza the night before. So we choose our food accordingly. Does that make sense? Also, if we know that we're going out for a pizza on the Saturday night, it's planned, we've got a table booked, all week that will be in our head. So we'll just make some relatively healthy choices. We'll we'll map our diet and our food selection based on the fact actually we're going out for a pizza on Saturday. If you eat in the moment, what happens is you have the pizza on Saturday and on the Sunday, that's in the past. That was last night, man. That's gone. Forget about that. Start again today so I can have a big fat Sunday roast. So really looking at your your day and also your week as a whole, uh, being very mindful and not eating in the moment, I think will help. Number seven takes a little bit of time this but this is an interesting one i think it's really beneficial to curate your own personal recipe book now look we don't eat 365 different evening meals uh, across the year we just don't do we what's that that's about a thousand different meals a year if you take into account on the basis of having breakfast lunch and dinner not including snacks and, and anything else and if we do sort of get into the whole routine of looking at recipes we tend to have ones that we pick and choose even if it's a really good recipe book you know we get a recipe book and we try different ones and some work for us i.e we cook them well uh, some not so well we don't want to do again or we don't like certain ones they don't work for us whatever I think just scan the pages, type it up on a spreadsheet, whatever you want to do. We've actually got a spreadsheet that works really well. So we've got um, predominantly lunch and dinner, but we do have breakfast in there as well. And if there's something that we find a recipe, either we do a meal ourselves that we've made or we follow a recipe, we really like it, works for us. We just put it in there and we put the results. So we might put, you know, I don't know, a vegetarian chili. That's one of Jamie Oliver's recipes. That's in this book page, whatever. Sounds really meticulous, really detailed, really fussy. But actually, do you know what? It's just when you can't think and you've got a busy life and you think, oh, I just need to plan food next week, but I really don't know what. Just go to your spreadsheet, check out the recipes. Maybe there's some that you haven't done for a while. So I think that can really work to, to build your own personal recipe book and, and your own spreadsheet. And it takes the pain out of thinking and planning and preparing. And just to add to that, something I've only recently started doing, actually, is um, using the um, the phone, using Siri to add uh, to create and uh, add to a shopping list because you know when you run out of things or you're thinking of making something and you know it's something that you need to get in then you have to remember to write it down and you might forget and da 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 just take that pain away take that 
possibility away of forgetting ingredients and just set up the phone. Uh, a lot of these home speakers will, or these home personal assistants will give you the option for voice control to add uh, add uh, ingredients to your uh, shopping list. And I think that can really help. And the final point, really, number eight, uh, when all is said and done, it is important not to overdo it. Because I do think while running to lose weight, you know, losing weight is a common goal for the world, isn't it? Not just runners. Uh, but we can go too far with it. And as runners, we still need to fuel well. Yes, we need to be honest with ourselves and make sure we are aware of what the session is that we need fuel for. So 50mile run doesn't, needs more fuel than the, the likes of a, a three uh, three mile jog around the block, of course. Uh, but not overdoing it is so important because you still need to feel good and recover well. Okay, then running to lose weight. Quick summary. I'm told people like the summary. So this is eight tips to lose weight uh, using running to do so. So number one, energy is king. Uh, I know monitoring can be a big pain in the backside, but it's definitely worth monitoring your calorie consumption. Number two, know your obstacle. It could be time, could be lack of knowledge, could be availability. Know what it is and you know what you're dealing with. Number three is create a deficit. That's the only way you're going to lose weight is to burn more than you consume. Make no mistake about it. There's no magic food. Uh, number four is don't trust the tech, whether that's a treadmill in the local gym or whether that's your running watch i would just forget calorie consumption just ignore it focus on the other metrics it gives you and uh, you do your own calculations number five all runs are not created equal if you're going to go out there and smash a hill session that's going to burn a lot more calories during and afterwards uh, than if you just go out and do a 5k easy run number six is do not eat in the moment be aware of what you're doing what you're consuming every day all week hell even all month. Number seven is create your own personal recipe book. Feel free to share them with me. I'm really intrigued uh, to know what recipes you guys love, uh, but I definitely think it can help and take the pain out of thinking, planning, and preparing. And number eight is don't overdo it. Hey, running's tough. You still need to fuel the body well. I hope that helps. Have a great week. Speak to you all very soon. That was Running With Jake, The Quick Hit. Hear the brand new full-length podcast every Wednesday or catch up now by searching Running With Jake, The Podcast.